familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Episode 172. We're back on the air. It's for future considerations. I'm Manny. My boy Matt's here. How you doing, Matt? Manny, I am fantastic tonight. Just in a great mood. Fantastic. I got huh? some peanuts in front of me. I've got a little bit of G2 with a whole lot of vodka in it. Such a good drink. Isn't it an amazing drink? It is. It, it, it is good. I love the um, – I like that we're staying away from the beer. It's showing. I think you and I are in great shape. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's really made a difference for us. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, we're Listen only, to this, John. My it, doctor just said I'm 40 pounds overweight, so that's an improvement. <laughs> that is, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Listen, John, we're. What's worse for you? Wait, John's here. <laughs> John's here. Yeah, we're gonna, we got to bring him in. We got to bring him in with the most important question of the day, John. What's worse for you? A two liter bottle of pop or four beers? <laughs> <laughs> If anyone knows the answer, it would be Rashad. That's, that's why. That's why my guy, he's got the pressing questions. What did you buy today? I bought uh, six Bush Light, six Bud Light, and I love them. Tall boys. Tall boys? Uh, how much would you drink a day? Well, what day? Regular day, I don't know. Maybe a couple beers. Depends. Weekends, maybe, you know, five beer. Two drinks a week. What do you think of that? Well, that's just not uh, feasible. Not in this country. Well, come on, man. Two drinks a week. What's that going to do for you? I mean, that doesn't even get you through a day. A reasonable amount, if you're, I mean, if you're at home, you should be able to have like uh, four beer. That's just, uh, that ain't, that's just two more. I mean, I'll have six, but four is a fair number. But there shouldn't even be guidelines anyway. Why are you gonna tell me how much I can drink at home? Well, I guess the idea is, would you be concerned that you're at a higher health risk if you're drinking too? No, that's the, the main point here is why are they telling me what I can drink at home? What, can I have uh, two liters of pop? Can I have two liters of pop? Well, what's more healthy? Four beers or two liters of Coca-Cola? Do the math. Isn't that guy great? Rashad, what's the answer? Oh, the pop's got to be worse for you. He was great, man. He was great. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, probably is. Hold on, Rashad. This is huge. How are you able to pull yourself away after you were hanging with Ron McLean, Ken Reed, Ivanka Osmak, and the list goes on and on and on for Hockey Day in Canada and Owen Sound? I know. What am I doing with you two guys? Seriously. I'm surprised you recognize either one of us. <laughs> right? You're not Ivanka Osmak. You're not Ron McLean. <laughs> I guess our first clue was when we connected virtually, it was John's secretary that had to get, right. that had to get him in. <laughs> Please hold for Mr. Rashad. <laughs> uh, John will be able to see you now. <laughs> the hold music, though, very romantic and eclectic. <laughs> it's amazing. How was how were the hockey day festivities? They were excellent. Sportsnet did a fantastic job. They came into town, made everything look fantastic. Everything was very well run. The fans loved it. The hockey was great. The weather was good. It was it was a really good week. And um, after Owen Sound had to wait an extra year for it through the pandemic, I'm really glad that things went so well. It was just top-notch from top to bottom. Everything that I saw and heard from everyone, 
everyone had a great time. The only issue anyone complained about was not enough tickets. So that's Mm -hmm. a good problem to have when you're throwing an event. When um, all the tickets are sold, that's a good problem to have. It was fantastic. And and as a viewer watching it, uh, it looked amazing. Like, uh, Mm. I was a little bit busy on Saturday because there was a football game. Mm -hmm. And I know we'll talk about that in a (laughs) minute. But I did record a lot of the... uh, festivities and watched it back and i thought it was great and i thought uh it really put a spotlight on owen sam not only the hockey aspect (laughs) of the community but some of the other stories from tom thompson to billy bishop to norm bethune like some amazing stories that were told yeah they did a great job one thing that they always do really well in hockey day in canada is highlighting not just the city but the people and owen sound is some of the best people you'll find anywhere and i was glad to see them get their moment in the sun. There are a lot of great people connected to hockey and a lot of good people in the city. And I was really proud that our city looked so good. What do you think, John, of Ron McLean going out there for warm ups, stopping everybody that he recognized and some he didn't to just chat and go back and forth and tell stories and, and trade, uh, trade off that. What did you think? Yeah, of with the, right before the attack Pete's game, he was on the ice. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Yeah, he was very accessible, actually. Um, we saw him earlier in the week as well. He was at the, one of the games earlier on in the week on the Tuesday night, and he was in the crowd. He wasn't in a suite. He walked around the concourse. He shook hands, took pictures with everybody. Anybody who wanted to talk to Ron McLean got a moment with Ron McLean that night, and he doesn't seem to be tired of it at all. He just seems to enjoy meeting people and chatting with people. He was top-notch through the whole whole hockey week he's a tremendous broadcaster on his feet and his memory is incredible crazy but i thought that that bit on the ice with the Mm warm-up was fantastic i know it's brilliant Mm -hmm. i I really thought it was unreal yeah from describing what they do in warm-up to people who don't know yeah to stopping players and interviewing them and then trying not to get hit by other players (laughs) and skating in between them just yelling at guys hey come here I got an interview. Come here. <laughs> I was worried he was going to get hit by a puck. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Ron McLean's going to get a concussion in Owen Sound. On live TV. Yeah. yeah. It was great. And, of course, our good friend Fred Wallace, who was part of the organizing committee and the other members, Brent Fisher was involved. Jen Wright yeah. was involved. They did a fantastic Rhonda White from Scotiabank, the event sponsor, um, helping to coordinate the volunteers. Just a congratulations to everyone involved in so good to see all the stories from Owen Sound on the weekend. Yeah, so again, if you do uh, go back in time and want to listen to some of our, our previous episodes where we've had some of those Owen Sound people, that can be players, broadcasters, uh, people involved in, in the hockey departments as well for the attack, search for them on our list of shows wherever you are listening to this podcast. And this is our debate show. We do it each and every week, and we have plenty to debate this week. It's third and seven. To the end zone. Open! Wide open! Hurst hauls it in for another Cincinnati touchdown. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals made it look easy with a win over the Buffalo Bills. You guys called it last week. The Bengals advanced to face the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship. And then in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers will face Mandy's Philadelphia Eagles. Before getting to your picks, let's talk about the weekend. Any surprises for you? 
I guess I was surprised at how bad Cincinnati beat Buffalo. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it wasn't even close. Um, you know, I guess Buffalo had a chance in the third quarter but couldn't pull it together. It just seemed like Cincinnati was in complete control of the game, and mm-hmm. I think that was a surprise. Um not surprised that Dallas choked. <laughs> like <laughs> Dak Prescott, two interceptions, mm-hmm. uh, one in the red zone. Uh, their kicker missed another extra point. Holy not surprised about that. Incredible. Um, I thought the Eagles Giants game would have been a little bit closer, yep. but the Eagles dominated from the get go. Twenty eight nothing at the half. Come on. Yep. <clears throat> um, I I I guess I was surprised by the. The fact that Cincinnati blew at the Bills and the Eagles blew at the Giants. Yeah, I think blowouts is kind of where I'm I'm going to, especially that Buffalo. I mean, you know, you're the Buffalo Bills. You're made for bad weather games outdoors. You know, that's that's where Buffalo makes their their hay. That's you know the been the mantra of Buffalo Bills football for for however long. But there's something about Cincinnati, and there's something about that kid behind uh, behind center that sure, you know, they they came walking in there uh, with with no concern whatsoever, and, and start to finish just hammered the Buffalo Bills. And, and realistically, I, w- I was hoping the uh, NFC division round was going to be a little more entertaining than it was. San Francisco takes care of business, doing what they do best. Not my favorite type of football, and there's only. 12 points scored against 19 points for, and you're in complete control the entire game when you flip it on the other side and you know, the Eagles showed up and, and the New York giants didn't. And all I read about was praise coming into that game of Daniel Jones and how great he'd been. Their head coach had been unbelievable this year and they just got face washed. So I, I didn't really think of this, of this round hard to believe the most exciting game is the Chiefs Jaguars game? That's right. mostly because Patrick Mahomes was banged up by the end of it. And now let's get your picks for this weekend. Who will advance to the Super Bowl? Wow, who's going to the Super Bowl already? <laughs> I didn't realize the Super Bowl is coming up so soon. <laughs> Start planning, baby, because it's going to be a big shaker. There's only four teams left: Chiefs, Bengals, Niners, Eagles. Chief. Okay, so. John, stay with me on this one. I'm going to need you here. Probably shouldn't have done this in Manny's house. Should have done this one from home Uh-oh. in the in the safe in the safe comfort of of my my futon. Somebody call an ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with the NFL loves stars. The NFL loves quarterbacks and they love stars. So I'm going with the two biggest stars that are left. In the NFL, Joe Burrow and the kid that plays quarterback for San Francisco, no one's ever heard of. The, <laughs> Brock Purdy. Is that his name? Brock Purdy? Brock Ugly. Brock Ugly. <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant. The story. The, the book. They've already they've already started doing the movie. They've got Christian McCaffrey, CHC, they call him, or whatever is CMC. The, CMC, they call him. They've got a great defense. I like the San Francisco 49ers walking into Philadelphia and making them Jalen Hurts. Oh. Uh-huh. And, and, <laughs> well done, Matt. Well done. And in, in, the, in, the, uh, in the AFC, 
I want to be the one that says, forget Patrick Mahomes' injury. It's not that bad. He's going to come out and be a superstar. But I'm not that brave. And a high ankle sprain is something that can come back and bite you for a long period of time. And I'm I'm good right now as a as an outsider casual football fan to live and die by the coolness of Joe Burrow. If if he lets me down on Sunday, I'm okay with it because he's still pretty cool. I don't need to hear all the Joe Burrow stories for the two weeks in between because that'll get annoying after a while. But <laughs> I'm going 49ers Bengals Super Bowl back to 1980 something for the catch right. Was that Dwight? Uh... You're disgusting. <laughs> like, honestly, like I've kept my mouth shut so you can go on and on and on about this whole bullshit that you're talking about. <laughs> John, you want to get in a word in edgewise before I lose my mind here? Oh no, you can go. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't want you to have time to cool off. <laughs> Seriously. But you know what the saving grace is? Is this guy, this guy picked the Bengals last week, but he also picked the Giants yeah. last week. He bought into the Giants. I, I was loving the Giants. The <laughs> little Giants. <laughs> right? Well, Rick Moranis did show up. Who knew? <laughs> and we kicked the crap out of him, too. <laughs> Seriously. You go ahead and prop up the 49ers the way you're going. We're going to be Super Bowl champs before the game's over. Everybody else is going to concede to us and our superiority. Because that's all it is. All I've heard is fan talk. All I've heard is fanboy talk. Give me some real numbers and some real reasons. Here we go. You want real reasons? I'll give you real reasons. (laughs) Good, because I didn't give you anything. (laughs) The 49ers were lucky to beat Dallas. Mm. Like, lucky. Like, Dallas's defense played just as well as San Francisco's defense. If Dak Prescott doesn't throw two picks, Dallas wins that game. Plain and simple. The Niners got one touchdown. One touchdown. And that was in the second half. The Cowboys should have been way ahead if not for Dak Prescott. So you name any player on the San Francisco 49ers this season and the Eagles can match them. Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts, who's the better quarterback? Well, come on. Come on. That's not be realistic. Come on. Even Rashad knows. Yeah. Right? Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> uh, Christian McCaffrey, CMC, you talked about him. Yeah. What has he done? He's the only thing I saw him do was run in from the one yard line and he had had a wrap around his calf, a heater around his calf, princess. He's on a heater. Right? The Eagles ran for 260 plus yards in a game. They had more rushing yards than the entire Giants offense. You want stats? That's a stat for your ass. Seems like a team they've already played, doesn't it, John? <laughs> Next, wide receiver Debo Samuel. I'll, you put your Debo Samuel card on the table, and I'll ace it with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. George Kittle, oh, he's a good tight end. Dallas Cotter, better numbers than Kittle this year. You want to talk about defense? Okay, let's talk about defense. Bosa, yeah, he's pretty good. Hassan Reddick, two sacks right behind him in the standings. And the rest of our D-line is way better than the San Francisco 49ers. San Fran's got no cornerbacks. 
we have the best pair in the league in Big Play Slay and James Bradbury. Big Play Slay. This is this is too easy. Too easy. And they'll play the Bengals. (laughs) 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 On that note, uh, the Bengals have won 10 games in a row. Like, can we please prop them up? They handled Buffalo. This was supposed to be the Bills year to win the Super Bowl. Yep. Patrick Mahomes is on one leg. Is he still a great passer? A thousand percent, he's yeah. still a great passer. But the That's, fact he won't be able to scramble, I yeah. think, plays an impact in that game. It does, for sure. And I think Cincinnati gets back to the Super Bowl when they will lose to the Eagles. Are you I coming don't... down, Rashad? <laughs> Actually, I can't. I have games. I have to work games. I had uh, one weekend off in in uh, between there for the attack, and I don't think it's Super Bowl weekend, unfortunately. Did you not see the memo? The league is canceling all games. <laughs> on Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> on Super Bowl weekend. We're all going to Manny's. <laughs> all right, done. <laughs> I just want to let you know, Manny, that while you were in the middle of your rant there, <laughs> your dog <laughs> got up, and then one of the times when you yelled, he jumped back down again. I could see him. I could see him in the uh, <laughs> the video we have here. <laughs> here goes Dad again. I yeah. am so incensed about this <laughs> conversation about you picking the Niners. I'm scaring the dog. <laughs> Uh, that was good. Now it's time for our play of the week. <laughs> Can you believe what we just saw? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. My God. Oh, wow. We actually had a tie for our play of the week this week. So here's Ooh. the first play. Oh, up over the middle. Oh, what a catch by Kittle. Are you kidding? George Kittle. George Kittle, who Manny says is terrible, makes an incredible (laughs) one-handed catch on the game-winning drive for the San Francisco 49ers. And then there was this play. Lewis the lineman, and just in along the boards. And that tip to the side of the net, Frost! He scores! Firing at Frost between the legs and upstairs! A beauty, and the Flyers take a 3-1 lead! Morgan Frost puts the stick between his legs and roofs it for an amazing goal for the Philadelphia Flyers. So, guys, which play should get this week's honor? First of all, I didn't say George Kittle was terrible. I just said he was not as good as Dallas Goddard. I heard terrible. (laughs) Get that right. And secondly, is this like the new thing where everybody tries to score between their legs? John John shared one from the Owen Sound attack. Yep. Yep. Windsor Spitfires did it twice last week in back to back games. Do you like Morgan this or Frost do you not is like doing this? this? Do you like so? I'm sorry to derail what we're doing here. Do you like <laughs> the Michigan stuff all the time? Do you like the between the legs stuff all the time? I like the skill, but I'm also I, I like the skill, but more so. What happened to the good old fashioned? You try to do that, I'm going to cream you mm-hmm. for trying to showboat in front of my goalie and in front of my team, mm-hmm. right? Like, how are these guys so wide open in front of the net? First and foremost, Can't touch anybody that anymore? Can, they can do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Like, I'm I'm good old fashioned physical hockey, clean mm-hmm. physical hockey. I I do love this skill. There's no doubt about it. But I. A hundred percent think that there can be both in the same game. Yeah, 
Yeah, I agree with you. There. So I'm going with the Kittle catch. I think All the right. Kittle catch is better. All right. Because it was on the game-winning drive. If, if Rashad says it was on the game-winning drive, then that was the best play. Yeah. Reminds me a little bit of what we're going to see in a couple weeks, like John Taylor's catch in 1989 as the San Francisco 49ers won the Super Bowl over the Cincinnati Bengals. Three Joe, decades Joe ago. Montana, Joe Montana <laughs> airing it out. John Taylor cutting across the back of the end zone. Touchdown. Do you know what the difference is between that and what the Eagles are going to do in two weeks? Well, the Eagles will be off in two weeks, won't they? (laughs) They'll be playing. Either either way, because it's the bye week. And the highlights highlights will be on Blu-ray and DVD (laughs) while you're getting the John Taylor highlights by blowing on your VCR and putting your VHS tape in. (laughs) Who wouldn't love to go back and watch some old VHS tapes, John? Come on, you got you guys in your fancy schmancy uh, 4K and all this. That that's fine. I'll go back to when it was simple, when it was good hard nosed hockey and hard nosed football instead of the princess stuff you guys watch now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna go with the uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, the kittle catch too. Okay, Rashad. Yeah, it's unanimous. I'm going with the catch as well. Yeah. Okay, so we break the tie. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Although, what else you got, Sean? I'm surprised <laughs> that the guy who hit the 799 foot basketball shot didn't get the play no of the kidding. week. Yeah, that was a good shot. That was, was a great shot. Our play of the week brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. And next week we'll feature a poll as well. Podcast FFC on Twitter. You can vote for your favorite play. Likely going to be an Eagles play. Might even be the onside kick that San Francisco recovers to win the game right at the end. Join join us on Twitter, Podcast FFC, to vote for that one. (laughs) And now on to the big story in hockey. Bruce Boudreaux and the Vancouver Canucks. But if you were watching a TV station in Washington, D.C., you may have been confused about uh, who the broadcaster was talking about. Former Washington Capitals coach Bruce Boudreau has been fired by the Vancouver Can- Canucks. The team announced the change Sunday, less than a week after president of hockey operations Jim Rutherford said major surgery was needed to fix the Canucks. Rick Tukid was hired as Boudreau's replacement. All right, guys, so that was terrible, and that was very viral. Everyone's been sharing that, but an hour later... She had a second chance on the next newscast. Let's see. Did she do it? And former Washington Capitals coach Bruce Boudreau has been fired by the Vancouver Canucks. The team announced the change today. Rick Tuchet was hired as Boudreau's replacement. Oh! No! On that one too, right? (laughs) (laughs) At first I thought it was taped. Like she taped it and they just played the tape again. Yeah, yeah. But I think she re- pronounced Rick Tockett name a different way. It, <laughs> like, right? It did come yeah. across as being different. The yes. first one was Toucan. The second one was Toshe. Like, uh, yep. <laughs> what the hell she said? Yep. Wasn't the best. Wasn't the best. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> that guy would have got it right. <laughs> the best thing was, is one of the comments I saw on Twitter is, uh, <laughs> she still reads the news better than uh, the Canucks run a hockey team. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. <laughs> it's true. Facts. Facts, yes. Facts is yes. right. <laughs> it's the most factual part of the show. <laughs> and um, someone else uh, texted me today, knew that we were doing the show, and said that uh, he learned this week 
Bruce Boudreaux's first NHL goal scored on none other than Jim Rutherford. That's Ooh. right. I hadn't heard how, that. How great is that? <laughs> so this last two years has just been one big giant settling of a vendetta. <laughs> yeah. Just building it up the whole thing. Oh, so that's why Rutherford was playing him and yeah. kept him in limbo for a month. <laughs> that's right. You scored on me. Yeah. He was probably <laughs> just like revenge. leaving newspaper clippings in his office and things like that. Just <laughs> the, a random puck in his car wheel, windshield. <laughs> So let's get into the story about Boudreaux. We've had a few questions about this. It was the worst secret in the NHL for the last several weeks. How bad a look is this for the Canucks with the way they handled this situation? I mean, it's not it's not the same as what's going on in Philadelphia right now with Tortorella and, and, and his group of, of goofs. <laughs> this, this is... This is just as bad as far as I'm concerned because we didn't get into any sort of human rights or this and that or whatever, but you left a good man with a good reputation who loves his job, who's adored by the city, just basically let him bleed out in in the public sector. You just you, – you called games. There was, like you said, John, leaked stories about Rick Tockett being in there. I had read one at one point that Rick Tockett and Bruce Boudreaux walked past each other on the in the facility oh. in the, the campus. Is that true? I, I read it somewhere. I don't know if it's true or not, but it it sounds like, like the Philadelphia Flyers handled their issue with the pregame skate terribly. This almost seems premeditated and and it's just it's just a terrible way to treat a good person who was trying to do something with a terrible situation you're the canucks fan john like what do you think about this situation yeah it's unforgivable the ownership and the management of this team I said from the very beginning, I wasn't a huge Bruce Boudreaux fan, but Bruce Boudreaux fan got him as bad as uh, <laughs> that woman on TV. You um, hated it. You hated the Bruce. There it is. You hated this guy. That was so but, good. But you know what? He handled himself with so much class. I admire the way he handled himself in such an awful situation. The fans recognized how classy he was. They love him now. And they hate the ownership of this team, and they, they're they beginning to hate this franchise. And so I think they've really done some long-term damage here. If, if they don't get a winner very quickly, I think people are going to start to not go see games. That has happened with this team before in the mid-90s, after the whole Marc Messier debacle, and um, they will punish this team at the box office if uh, if they don't see some results. They will hold a grudge in, in Vancouver, mark my words, because this is dreadful and they don't want to be associated with it. Will you, John, will you on this podcast say that you're going to take a hiatus from the Vancouver Canucks? This is really bad to say. I probably haven't watched a Canucks game in about six weeks. <laughs> wow. Is that because they're crap this year? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. will you watch them again this year? Next year, I mean? Yeah, maybe next year. But yeah, I've I just I've tuned into too many games where they either had a goal lead or were tied and then completely blew it. And I just went, I don't want to watch this. This isn't fun to watch. 
You end up with Connor Bedard next year, the first overall pick in the lottery. You're telling me you're you're not going to watch because of how terribly they treated Bruce Boudreaux? Oh, if we get him, then I'm there with my jersey on and a foam finger and the whole thing. <laughs> See, and that's and that's what the Canucks organization is banking on, exactly. right? Exactly. That's exactly what they're doing. Like John, you shared something in our group chat. Forbes magazine wrote an article and put the, this Bruce Boudreaux situation up as the poster for how corporations should not treat their employees. Yes. Like, who would want to work for this organization now? Apparently, Rick Tockett would. But he would, he was out of a coaching job to begin with. So that brings me to my next point. If Rick Tockett is an analyst on TNT, there's no one else breaking down his door to be the coach. Like, why wouldn't you let Bruce Boudreaux play out the rest of the year? You guys aren't going anywhere. You're trading Horvat at the deadline, and you're going to get worse to try to get in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So why do you need to fire Bruce Boudreaux just over a year after you hired him? Why not let him finish out the year and treat this man with some dignity? He is not uh, the biggest problem with that team. Right. He no, he was you, he was hired to take over a loser. Yeah. And just because he turned them around last year and got them within less than 10 points of making the playoffs, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because and everybody thought, "Oh, you know, they're going to make some noise this year." It was still a bad roster and then their starting goaltender got hurt. Yeah. So, you know, they <laughs> they he's not he's not the hero that everybody thought he might be, but he's also not the worst thing about the hockey club. Of course. And yeah, like, like you said, I, you know, this is, this gets back to, it gets to a lot of things. It gets to recycling coaches and, and, you know, not trying or not having new blood in that role. And that we keep on going back to these certain characters. I mean, if you were just to blind add, Bruce Boudreaux and Rick Tockett's coaching career side by side and say, you got one of these guys for the last 35 games or whatever these teams have left on a, on a miserable team that's not going anywhere. Who would you want to plug in to ride this out to hopefully be able to, to build on next year? You're going to take the guy that's like under 400 that doesn't have any playoff experience Hardly has any experience at all, or the guy who's been who's won Stanley Cups was one of the all-time winningest coaches that has been with good teams and bad teams and been able to get through those situations with with both. I don't know, and and I I don't know that this is tied to other Vancouver Canucks stories that we've heard this year or that have come out this year in in public. I it just it seems like. I will give the Philadelphia Flyers the cake for being the most dysfunctional organization in the NHL. But the Western Conference Hall is is Vancouver and everybody else. Like, they should they should do what the broadcasters say and nuke the Canucks. Nuke right? them. So, like, <laughs> there's something wrong with that organization. There is. And doesn't it, isn't it telling that there's about a dozen players going into the coach's office and crying with them? Yeah. Because they knew that was his last game. Yeah. And you're telling me those new, these new guys are going to play for Tockett? 
and tell me that or Toche or Toucan or whatever the heck his name is. And, and tell me that long term, oh, money talks and it's money that we'll never see. So if anybody can make decisions based on money, it's a lot different. You're telling me you're sitting there as a free agent and you've got a couple of options and Vancouver is offering you a little bit more, maybe an extra year, maybe a you know a four or five extra million dollars. And everybody's still there. And Rick Tockett's the head coach. Like, really? Going somewhere You're going else? to Vancouver? Yeah. Yeah. Who the yeah. hell's going to Vancouver? Yeah. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire. Some questions for you guys. Scott Rowland was elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame Tuesday night with only five votes to spare. Should anyone else have gotten into the hall this year? Should Scott Rowland even have gone into the hall this year? <laughs> Man. With I mean, five votes to spare. Rookie of the year, seven-time All-Star, eight-time Gold Glover, Silver Slugger, and a World Series championship. Career war of 70.1. Career batting average of 281. 316 home runs. I am still trying to find something that separates Scott Rowland over the length of his career with Jamer Candelario, <laughs> who the Tigers just released. <laughs> like He's a great defender, but a great defender. Does that get you into the hall these days? Like, like I don't know. Like, there was nobody else. Like, Todd Helton was second in voting. Reliever Billy Wagner was third in voting. Yeah. They shouldn't have been even close to getting into the hall. This was a year, and we talked about this when the ballot first came out. You don't have to send somebody every year. This is a, there's no pressure on you that you have to pick one or they're going to close down Cooperstown. (laughs) Scott Rowland had a great career. Look, he finished fourth in MVP voting in 2004. Everyone's going to remember that. Fourth. 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 He he went to a bunch of all-star games in a row, and then he didn't. And, and uh, you know, it's it seems to me he is, he is as much of a, well, we got to pick somebody <laughs> in the history of the Hall of Fame. Maybe. Like, it was a bad group this year. It was a bad right? group. Yeah, which it was is a bad group. fine. So, it's okay to have a bad group. So maybe that's what it comes down to. Fred McGriff is going in. He was elected by the Contemporary Baseball Era Committee. He's good. He deserves to be in the yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah. Scott Rowland? I don't think so. A question from Sebastian in Detroit about the NFL All-Pro events that have been announced, specifically the kick-tack-toe event, where kickers will try to connect a line of three squares or hit five in total. Sebastian wants to know, like or dislike? The Dallas kicker in this one? <laughs> I was going to say, I might <laughs> like this just to see if how bad it could be. Like... <laughs> The precision on connecting three squares in a row. It's beautiful. You need to do this. Like (laughs) some of these events, uh, it's fine. Like they've got the Pro Bowl dodgeball. Right. Like, are we really going to be playing dodgeball or are we just, we we giggling? You know, longest drive, the precision passing one, the best catch. You know, they've got a few, a few different things. I think there's like an obstacle course in there too. You've got to do, 
to make this interesting, you have to pair that player with with just a random person that's there. <laughs> Like you, you're like John Rashad. Like John Rashad, you're sitting in section three fifteen, row ten, <laughs> seat five. You, you they they draw your ticket. You got to go down. Okay, now it's you and Matt Prater, and it's kick tack toe. Matt Prater can kick once, and then you have to kick the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that wouldn't be more fun to watch? A couple of buffoons trying to play this game than than <laughs> professionals. It's 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 corny. This one uh, of the of the all star games, the NFL has always been the one that is just lost and clueless. And this does not make it any more closer to being entertaining. I, I'm I also find it ironic that at a Pro Bowl, when Peyton Manning basically criticized Mike Vanderjet, yes. the former CFL great, we're talking about a kicker at the Pro Bowl. And it's Peyton Manning and his brother who were in charge of coming up with the events <laughs> for the Pro Bowl. I, uh, I just think it's ironic. Pretty that's pretty good. <laughs> and now a question from Carlos in Burlington. Which NFL head coaching vacancy is the most attractive? Oh, no. This is a legit football question. This is a good one because there's five or six, right? Yeah, there's there's Denver. Yeah. You have Russell Wilson's contract, unless you think you can uh, fix him. Right. Arizona's got Kyler Murray, who's probably only going to play half the year next year because yep. he's hurt. You got Houston. Awful. Indianapolis and Carolina, right? Is that all of them? Yeah. There might be another one in the coming weeks possibly, or so, possibly. but I don't know. I, I would say Carolina, just because oh. that division is pretty wide open. Okay. Like the defense is already good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like the, de- the all they needed was a quarterback, and that's the biggest thing. You don't yeah. have a quarterback. But the division is wide open, mm-hmm. and you could actually go and draft a quarterback this year because the draft – has some pretty good quarterbacks. So I would go with Carolina. Uh, Carolina is an attractive one for sure. And and it it all depends, you know, with with them. And and obviously the the only one that kind of stands out in this group. I mean, if you're going to put Russell Wilson in in that pile, that's good. But the, um, you know, the ones that have a a set quality quarterback, the only one other one is Kyler Murray. And he's he's on one leg now, right? I mean, if if you've got to pick one, and there isn't the pressure built into it. I think Arizona is is the one to go with. Okay. Because you'll have Kyler Murray. Hopefully, he comes back. I think you also get a little bit of protection because of Kyler Murray. That first year is probably a throwaway. And then you'll see how he is after that. And if he's no different, then then he's obviously uh, going to be out. And, and <laughs> depending on, on who you do have or what you do with the draft, you know, but I, I think Arizona is decent enough. We got to remember with the Cardinals, they were on the cusp of turning the whole ship around and then somebody punched a hole in the bottom of it. So I think they're closer than anybody to getting back into something, but you also get to live in Arizona, and maybe Cliff Clingsbury will give you his house because he took off for a year. Right. I was going to say, that might be the best thing, is you live in Arizona. I, I, of the, the five destinations I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm not kidding. I mean, Indianapolis? No. Carolina? Hurricane Central. Like, you can't go to Indy. Jim Ursay is, is a psychopath. Cuckoo. He's cuckoo. He's a psychopath. <laughs> you can't go there. You, you just can't. And Denver is good. You, you're coming in with... I can only imagine how the eyes 
in that locker room look at each other. That's probably a very toxic environment that you're walking into there that you're going to have to fix that uh, first and foremost. And Houston shouldn't even have an NFL team. So Houston's ownership front office management's worse than the Canucks. They're they're insane. (laughs) Yeah, they're insane. So I, I don't mind Carolina. I would take Arizona to be different. And a question from our good friend Dave and Owen Sound. If you were commissioner of the NHL, which rule would you change or introduce? Ooh, good question, Dave. Yeah, that is a good one. Or introduce, okay. Uh, It's funny. I was talking to some former goaltenders in the OHL, and they all say they would get – they would put the red line back in. Ooh, okay. And I don't know how I feel about that. I I like that the game is wide open and faster Mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. But – Why would the goalies like to have the red line? (laughs) Because it's all the way out there. I think they'd have more time to get set in their net, right? Oh, okay. Oh, but, buddy. Oh, okay. The, the two-line pass. Their second suggestion was what? Bigger equipment? <laughs> well, they've already what done is, that. What do you got, Matt Anthony? What else you got? <laughs> Although, and it got to me thinking, though, with goaltenders, like, I hate the rule that the goaltenders can't play the puck in a certain area of the ice. For sure. I think that's a silly rule. Like, if a goalie can play the puck better than the next goalie, mm-hmm. good for them. That should be an advantage. Exactly. Let them use it. Yeah. Don't penalize a good goaltender or a good puck-handling goaltender by not allowing him to play the puck in the mm-hmm. corner, mm-hmm. for example. I think that's the stupidest rule, and that I would change that. I will sign off on that if only one one thing happens. Okay. You lose the, lose the blue or leave the blue ice, you are just like everybody else. Oh yeah, I you think You can get that's pinned fair. to the boards, you can get tripped up. You, we're not out here protecting you now. If you decide to leave your your little castle, you are ever, you are open season. And, and if they can go out there, I think it's a huge advantage. I think there's a lot of really good puck-moving goaltenders that are stuck just stopping it behind the net and whipping it around the boards where they don't even actually get to use it as an advantage. Like, and I always think specifically on, on clearing on penalty kills, right? Your goalie can go out and anticipate that as like almost like a safety and go to one side or the other and play it off the wall and send it right back. You might not get the full line change that you're trying to get. I love it. But if you leave the blue ice, there's no, Oh, he hit the goalie. He's, he's in a vulnerable position in the same breath though. The goalie should be able to hit another guy, too. Absolutely. Jordan Bennington should be able to hammer somebody (laughs) in the corner. Jordan Bennington's (laughs) going to lead the league in goals against average and penalty minutes. (laughs) John, is there a rule you would change? Yeah, Yeah, for me, um, one that's always bugged me is a delay of game. When someone is, it's always when a team's under pressure towards the end of the game, and they accidentally put the gla- uh, the puck over the glass when they want to get it out of the zone, and okay. then they end up taking a penalty. And someone almost always scores on that penalty. And that one, I don't like that rule. I wish that would go away. But then, what about the obvious guys who put the puck over the glass? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't Holy think crap! I'm dead tired. I've been on the ice for two and a half minutes. We can't get out of our zone. <laughs> Flip. Oh, yeah. line change. All right, off we go. <laughs> I don't know. I think if you move the face off down into their zone, I think that's penalty uh, penalty enough. I don't think coaches will want to see them doing it. What about this for penalties? Just spitball in here. <laughs> okay. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
just throwing this out there. So the first one that I would like to see changed is you cannot challenge a goal by offside. Take that out. If you miss the offside, you don't get to go back and check that they were offside 25 seconds later and then nullify the goal that happened because of the offside. Oh, the you delayed offside. The delayed okay. offside, okay. that is not re- reviewable. I'm, I'm all for review, but if it gets missed at the blue line, they keep the puck in, and 40 seconds later they score, you don't get to review what just happened at the blue line and then say, oh, no, that's no goal. Sounds Take that like out. our assistant general manager friend has been burned on this one once. Maybe. Yeah, We don't right? have video review. Hell, the, the referees in our league don't even have eyes most of the time. <laughs> Coming up on next week's show, the referee from the Greater Ontario. Pick one out. There's a few names we could circle. Um, What about this? Thing I've always loved about the five-minute penalty. It doesn't matter if you score 21 goals or not. It is five minutes. Right. Why at two minutes... If you win the face-off, you go back to the point, you go to the other defenseman, he shoots it in, the power play lasts 11 seconds. That guy gets to come back on. Two minutes is two minutes. Four minutes is four minutes. Five minutes is five minutes. However many goals you score on the power play. You want to take head hits out of the game? You want to take some of the stupid chirp, the, the, the cheap shit in the corner and stuff out of the game? It's a full two minutes. No. I'm not doing that against the Colorado Avalanche or the Leamington Flyers or anything like that. No, no way, no how. I don't like that. Why not? Because if I, if I put the puck over the glass accidentally, yeah. I got to serve the full two minutes? And they could score three goals? I'm, they're teaching my five-year-old how to play the puck off the glass here. Come on. <laughs> Keep the shot low, right? Five minutes are for heavy infractions. Mm-hmm. Two minutes, not heavy infractions. Like, you know, an accidental trip or a huck or a hold or whatever. You're trying to limit scoring and make this game more boring. I'm trying to bring more scoring no, to the I'm game. I'm bringing more scoring into the game. You're bringing the red line back? I'm not saying that. I said the goalies would. <laughs> I want to make it fast-paced. Let the goalies come out. Allow hitting. Allow the goalie to move the puck quicker. I didn't argue with yours. It's Dave that wants to know. Let Dave decide which idea he likes the best, and we'll we'll bring that back next week. Deal. Let's ask Dave. We'll send Dave a message. Say, Dave, which idea do you like best? John's idea about the the, the delay game penalties, Wait, whatever what? stupid thing Manny said, yeah. or the <laughs> full two minute, four minute, five minute penalties. Final Dave, a he's going to agree with me, and B, I don't think Dave ever really liked me anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> and B, he's probably going to ask the same question about baseball next week. Oh, or great! Football next Let's week. Let's get this started. Or basketball next week. <laughs> <laughs> hey basketball no timeouts in the last two minutes no oh timeouts oh my god and no sharp should be allowed to be at every game to chirp players Listen, shannon sharp shannon sharp kind of ruined himself for me with that realistically you can't go up and, and claim uh claim poor boy against skip bayless and argue him like that and then go to an nba game and start yelling at players come on <laughs> 
come on, man. <laughs> you, can't, you can't say you were hurt and somebody treated you poorly on your TV show and go to a basketball game and yell at an athlete that's playing in their sport. Come on. You can't do that. You can't. Uh, Carry a shot. You, what do you got? What do you think of a rule in the draft? Something to do with um, not being able to tank on purpose to lose your season to get the number one draft pick. No, but what should happen in the draft <laughs> is if you're the worst team in the league, you should get the first overall pick. John, did you not know this would come if you <laughs> asked that question? You're opening the door for this guy. How about a rule? To go on and on about the draft and how the Red Wings got screwed. How about the rule where when you look at the league standings at the end of the year and you see one team 30th, maybe that's the worst team and should get the first pick. What the well, they still got the best player. <laughs> right. They still got a great player. However, in saying that, you know, there's a floor. You have to spend a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That That's floor true. should be higher. Yes. Right? And that may stop teams from tanking. Yeah. yeah I'm okay with tanking in theory, but I'm uh, especially with Major League Baseball. And Dave, we'll get into this next week. But... <laughs> There should also there's there should also be don't say shit like that while I'm drinking. You talk, you talk about the luxury tax of the rich teams. I want to luxury tax the poor teams. If you are if you decide your payroll is going to be thirty two million dollars, and we just signed guys for thirty five million dollars a year, you're paying into the pot for whatever commissioner's right? dinner. Who cares? But if you're not going to play. And you're not going to let your team actually even stand a chance. And you're a billionaire. Either sell the team or get out. Yeah, we all agree to that. Justin Verlander should not be making more money this year than the entire payrolls of six baseball teams. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm I'm up over that. (laughs) Exactly. Don't you know, pump it up. You got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And here is this week's submission from Tyler in Windsor. Before my time runs out, what if I run away to Mars? Would you find me in the stars? Would you miss me in the end if I run out of oxygen? The song is called Runaway to Mars by Talk. So, fellas, pump it or dump it. I know, Tyler. Hey, why don't you go ahead? I like Tyler. This is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, is I agree. A, this is not a very good song. <laughs> Rashad, you're a music guy. I thought I it like, was way too slow. It almost put me to sleep. Like, what? what band does it remind you of? Like... Ooh. Is it like a cranberry song? Like a, <laughs> uh, I've, I've been trying to think about it all night. But I was like, thinking of you, John. Like this to me sounds like like a bad slow hip song. Tragically oh. hip? Yeah. No. no. Tragically hip's way better than these guys. Oh, I, I could play the spoons. It's better than these guys. <laughs> <laughs> Should da- change the name of the band to, from talk to shut up. <laughs> 
At least I know what I'm going to ask Alexa to play when I, my kid goes to bed tomorrow night. Like, so just play Runaway to Mars for seven hours. It'll be the best sleep of his life. Uh, <laughs> we, come up we with always, another one, Tyler. This one's judge, not very good. We always judge Pump It or Dump It by if it is a pool song. And, and right. I will say, this is a pool song as long as I'm at the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that does it for this week's debate. <laughs> if we're back next week, if any of these guys are back next week, I think we got a good chance of next week. We still got to answer Dave's question. <laughs> All week long, no matter what, nothing can shut us down on social media except when they take our episode posts away. Right? Podcast they disappear. <laughs> Podcast FMC on Twitter and Instagram uh, and for future considerations on Facebook is where you can find us on social media if you miss us uh, in the middle of the week. Oh, man. I hope we still have some sponsors next week at least. If you guys are back. On a new one. I'm working on a new one. We're going to have a new guy. Okay. Yeah. Really? London Awnings. Thank you to them. Quality that shows. In London and in Windsor, Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training and nutrition. And don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate or maybe a better song for Pump It or Dump It, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. You just grab a cat's tail and hold on to it for like a minute and a half. And hopefully you'll be alive to hear the song in a few weeks. (laughs) I'll be a better grade. (laughs) <laughs> oh man what a show hope you enjoyed oh, it yeah thanks for listening everybody hey we had a great time hope you did too we'll see you next week see you next week on for future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.